Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, uh, 877-973-7425. Happy to take your phone calls. Well, we got to go back to a topic I am exhausted by, but we still need to deal with it. News outlets have finally decided it's okay now that it's passed to tell everyone that the Inflation Reduction Act doesn't actually reduce inflation. Doesn't actually reduce inflation. This is from CBS News. The Inflation Reduction Act is aimed at tackling a host of problems from climate change to catching tax cheats, but there's one issue it may not solve, reducing inflation. That's the conclusion of the Penn-Wharton budget model, a group of economists and data scientists at the University of Pennsylvania who analyze public policies to predict their economic and fiscal impacts. Its analysis, published Friday, comes as inflation remains near a 40-year high, crimping the budgets of consumers and businesses alike. The Inflation Reduction Act would invest nearly $400 billion in energy security and climate change proposals aimed at reducing carbon emissions by approximately 40% by 2030. It would allow Medicare to negotiate with drug makers on prescription prices and would limit out-of-pocket drug expenses for seniors to $2,000 annually. The bill also directs $80 billion in funding to the IRS to hire more auditors. But the impact on inflation is statistically indistinguishable from zero, the Penn Wharton budget model said Friday. Likewise, the Congressional Budget Office says it will have no impact at all on inflation. Jonathan Carl, filling in for George Stephanopoulos, had uh, Green Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, not exactly the sharpest member of the Biden team on with him. Listen to this question. Agenda. Uh, so um, uh, is it that if things are getting better, so many Americans are unhappy with President Biden's handling of it? So, you know, we'll say this. Cost has been a number one priority for this president. If you look at every day this summer, we saw gas prices go down uh, by more than a dollar. Lowering prices is allegedly something that they're interested in, and yet it doesn't appear to be something they've actually done. Lowering prices doesn't seem in any way, shape, or form to be anything the Biden administration really is concerned about. I'm not exactly sure how the Biden administration can say they're actually focused on inflation when they advance the Inflation Reduction Act and the Inflation Reduction Act doesn't actually reduce inflation. And again, I played this clip earlier, but it's worth listening to it in full. I cut it off earlier. This is the uh, John Carl clip, again, uh, about the Orwellian name of the legislation. But, but let me ask you, it's, it's called the Inflation Reduction Act. But the Congressional Budget Act uh, uh, Office, which is nonpartisan, said that there would be a negligible impact on inflation this year and barely impact inflation at all 
uh, next year. I mean, isn't it almost Orwellian? How can you call it Inflation Reduction no. Act when the nonpartisan experts say it's not going to... So I appreciate that. Down. I appreciate the question. We've actually addressed this, the, the CBO. It was the top line number. There's more in there that shows uh, that it will have the money uh, from... Remember how we're doing this, too. It's, it's making sure that billionaires uh, in corporate America are, pairing, are paying their fair share, making sure that, it's, that the tax code is a little bit more fair. And so when you do that, when you put it in its totality, you will see that it will it will bring down, lower the deficit, which will help fight inflation. Look, here's the thing: we have 126 economists, both in the both Republicans, both Democrats, who have said it's going to fight inflation. We have five former uh, Secretary so uh, Secretary of the Treasury. Of, well, of there's CBO. more to it. It's just it it was the way that Republicans did that was so that it could make an argument that is false. It is going to fight inflation. It is we. we it has been proven, it has been said by economists across the board on the, on the Republican side and the Democrat, on the Democrat so, side. The Inflation Reduction Act, even Jonathan Carl is willing to call it Orwellian, to name it that. This is part of the problem the Democrats are going to have moving forward. They've been so committed to the idea that... This legislation was going to fight inflation, and every major media outlet in the country has referred to it as a climate bill. Every major media outlet in the country has said it will do stuff for health care. None of them are willing to talk about it as helping reduce inflation. And so what you have is the White House press secretary essentially saying, well, I mean... It, gas prices are going down. Do you know why gas prices are going down? Gas prices are going down because the re- economy is slowing. Gas prices are going down because of the strains in the economy in China. Gas prices are going down because we're headed towards a recession and people are cutting back. There's nothing to do with the Biden administration. The fact that they want to remember the Biden administration, when prices were going up, said there's really nothing we can do to lower them. Then they blamed Vladimir Putin. Then the economy began to slow and prices started going down. They're like, oh, hey, yeah, we're, we're, we're responsible. We're responsible. The other clip. And again, I, I played this in the first hour, but it really is worth reiterating this. This is Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm uh, with Brianna Keeler on CNN. There are three independent studies, though, that show it's actually going to have a minimal effect on inflation and that many parts of the bill obviously don't even take effect until next year, some years later than that. So what specifically will this bill do to lower costs for Americans right now? Oh, I, this, this, first of all, immediately, um, people will be able to lower the fuel costs in their home. There's a 30% tax credit that you can claim in 2022 for installing energy-efficient windows, heat pumps, energy-efficient appliances. That is right away. And on top of that, of course, if uh, citizens want to install solar panels on their roofs so that they can generate their own power, that's another 30% tax credit. Um, And, of course, there's the tax credits that are at the dealership. I'm sorry, I just, I can't listen to this woman. Um, She she is like the, the female... Uh, Pete Buttigieg. 
that tax credits, you get tax credits. The tax credits will lower your bill. The tax credits will, will, will take care of you. The tax credits don't do anything for you unless you're in the qual- in, in the camp that's going to pay taxes. There are a lot of lower-income people in this country who aren't going to pay taxes, and this smugness isn't going to help them. They're smothered in the smugness of the Biden administration as it is. This should be unacceptable to every one of you listening, whether you're a Republican or not. Should be fundamentally unacceptable. The Biden administration has no answer for the high costs. They claim they were passing a bill to do something about it, and even the media is out there, hey guys, this doesn't do what you said it did. And when asked about it, well, if you buy a battery powered car, you won't have to buy gas anymore. That'll lower your bill. We're making it easy for you to buy. Ford, I mentioned this the other day. I was ahead of it. CNN running a story today. I mentioned it last week. Ford is raising the price of the new electric F-150. Surprise, it's going to be raised in price about the price of the tax credit for electric vehicles. So you can get your tax credit and your tax credit, it's not going to go towards really anything other than paying the price of the vehicle of what it was before the tax credit. All the tax credit is doing is causing prices to go up. This is absurd. It is Orwellian. And, you know, there's something to be said here about the Biden administration reworking language to try to win an argument because they really do believe that the control of language is how you shape reality. And if you can shape reality through the word games they want to play, that they can win the argument because they can't win the argument on the facts. So they have to change the definitions of words like recession. We've gone from two quarters of negative economic growth to something new that's based on a variety of factors to be determined by a group of economists. CNN would have you know they're all white. But we got to re we got to refigure what a recession is because the Biden administration otherwise would be in one. We can't define what a woman is anymore in the Biden administration. We can't really tell you what the Inflation Reduction Act does other than try to take on climate because it certainly doesn't take on inflation. This is where we are. This is what's going on. This is what we have to deal with as a society. A group of people in Washington, D.C. who can't win arguments based on sound policy, and so they must reconfigure the language in order to try to win. They must reconfigure the words and redefine the words in order to take advantage and win. It's like gender-affirming care. What is gender-affirming care? It means giving a child a hysterectomy so the child no longer has a uterus so the child can now claim to be a boy because boys don't have them. So if you get rid of it, now you're a boy. This is all very Orwellian. This is the game the Biden administration is playing and the Democrats in Congress. Now, why are they doing it? If you look at their behaviors, if you look at the way they're operating, if you look at the legislation they're advancing, and if you look at their talking points, it kind of gives the lie to this whole Democratic rebound in the polling. We're seeing it. It's certainly happening. But the Democrats almost seem to think it's not really real. The Democrats almost seem to think it's not actually going to hold up. They've had to bring in Larry Summers now. You know Larry Summers. Larry Summers is the economist on the left who said inflation was coming and the progressives got mad at him. Elizabeth Warren attacked him and the White House has had to bring him in to help. 
If you remember about a, two months ago, Kate Bentonfield, the communications director of the White House, was leaving. There was a uh, anonymously sourced report out of White House staff saying the moderates had won the conversation on inflation. Well, now we know what that means. It means the White House had to consult Larry Summers, who warned them inflation was coming. Larry Summers helped them structure this plan. And what does this plan actually do? Well, it doesn't actually fix inflation, but they think they raise enough taxes in it that it won't make it worse. It will. But it had to get Larry Summers' blessing. And the progressives are furious because the progressives in the White House still think they can spin our way into oblivion and just raise taxes on corporations. That'll fix all the problems. These people have left their own left to their own devices would make things even worse. And right now, the only way they've got to navigate to the election is to tell you that the words you know mean something you don't know. And you're the ignorant fool. They're not the ones who are playing it too clever by half. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, they can help your business grow. If you need a big loan, $750,000 or more, reach out to them. See if they can help you. They get to yes where banks say no. FirstLibertyGA.com is their website. They want to help you if they can. Now, let's see here. I want to go. Do I have time? I've got time. I want to go to Bill's phone call. Bill, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. How are you? I am well, Eric. I hope you are. I heard an economist on television sum up the Biden administration's uh, claiming that they brought gas prices down. Right. He said it's like someone falls out of the sky, lands on third base, and then stands up and claims he hit a triple. <laughs> that's an excellent way of that's, putting it. That's the most. That's the most succinct way I've ever heard it put. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, and Bill, while, while I got you, it goes back to this prior point um, that, you know, they said they were very insistent. There's nothing they they're not to blame for high gas prices and there's nothing, nothing they can do. They have no power to lower gas prices. And now gas prices are on the decline. And they're like, hey, 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 let's take the credit. We want the credit. We, we did this. It's our policies. But I remember distinctly you told us you didn't have the power to do it. The amount of credit. Now, in fairness, and Bill, thanks for the phone call. In fairness, every politician does it. It's not just a Biden thing. Every politician wants to take credit for good news. But is it really good news? And that's the problem that the Biden administration has is I don't know that it's actually good news. They would have us believe at this moment that... It's really good news that gas prices are down. Now, again, they told us there was nothing they could do. It was outside their power. They did not control gas prices. But now they want to claim that uh, they deserve credit for the gas price decline. Except the reason gas prices are declining globally is because the whole world is headed towards recession. This country's economy is slowing down. Gas prices going down is actually not a good sign. It's necessary as part of an economic slowdown for us to get inflation down and get some semblance of normalcy back in the economy, but it's not really a good sign. It's just kind of weird that this administration likes to take credit for stuff that is actually bad. I mean, this administration, for example, 
um, and, and its COVID policies and the things it's tried to take credit for. I mean, they're taking credit now for uh, massive vaccine rollout when the vaccine's not doing a lot of good for a lot of people anymore. Even the Pfizer CEO has gotten COVID. Pfizer, yes, that guy got COVID. Now, you can argue about, well, the vaccines were greater with the original strains, but the virus is mutated and all of that. But still, the PR of this stuff just doesn't look good. Um, in the Biden administration, increasingly, they're just, it's a wily e. Coyote administration. And everything just ends badly for them. The problem is that when Wiley e. Coyote got hurt, Wiley e. Coyote was the only one who got hurt. The Biden administration, they're hurting all of us. And that's part of the problem. Now, when we come back, I I, I got to talk about Kamala Harris. But before I do, I need to spend some time talking about the FBI and Mar-a-Lago. And I, I got to I don't I don't want to play it right now because it'll hurt my head. Uh, Sam Donaldson was on with Jim Acosta. Jim Acosta on CNN. He's gone full bore anti-Trump again. It's kind of embarrassing. But. What I find notable here is that these people on the left are just hell-bent on finding some way to throw Donald Trump in jail. They want Donald Trump in jail. They were willing to defend Hillary Clinton and all of her excesses, but they want Donald Trump in jail. You know, I was in the uh, don't lock either of them up camp pretty consistently uh, for a lot of reasons. That And this goes back to what George Will was talking about on Friday, that just because you can say justice demands, does justice demand it if the whole world goes up in flames when you do it? I don't think justice demands that we burn it all down uh, in the name of justice. Prudence matters. And the fact that the left doesn't get it, the left is so hell-bent on throwing Donald Trump in jail, trumping up charges, the media is so bought in on it. I just, we're headed towards a dangerous place. And what's so bad about it is it's all these people on the left convinced they're heading us to safety. They're the ones who are about to cause us all the problems we're about to have and the violence in this country. And they can't even acknowledge, can't even recognize they're the ones doing it. We got to talk about that. And Kamala Harris, my goodness, poor old Kamala Harris. She hired child actors to make her look good. Hi there. I hope you are doing well. It is Eric Erickson here. I got to play you some audio real quick. Given our problems earlier, hopefully with, with I don't know, connection issues. Um, hopefully <laughs> this actually goes out. Seriously, though, this is Sam Donaldson. Sam Donaldson, remember, uh, for years was an ABC News guy uh, during the Reagan administration was famous for yelling at Ronald Reagan, yelling questions uh, as the president would walk out to get to his helicopter. Uh, he is really obsessively partisan with Donald Trump. Listen to this. Well, you know, when I heard about it, the fact that the FBI had seized from his safe and other places these documents, which should be held someplace else, particularly the top secret ones, which must be held someplace else, it may be a violation of the Espionage Act of 1917. That's a very serious crime. I thought of Al Capone. Now, Al Capone was a great big gangster in the 1920s and 30s, bootlegged millions of gallons of whiskey. That was illegal. But more than that, a lot of credible evidence that he had ordered the murder of many people. But they never brought him to justice on that. But wait a moment. The IRS discovered that Al Capone was cheating on his income taxes. And so... 
They brought him to justice on that. He went to prison. That's where he died. If the attorney general cannot bring himself because of lack of evidence or belief that the country is not ready to bring a president on charges of insurrection or obstruction of justice, how about violation of laws which keep this country safe, like the Espionage Act? If there's credible evidence, I think more of the American public would say, well, yeah, he shouldn't have done that. Let's see what the jury of his peers provides for. I'd like to see it. Oh, he would like to see it. A lot of people on the left would really like to see it. Last week, when Merrick Garland addressed the nation, he said that the subpoena and the search was measured and unintrusive. And then we got the subpoena and Essentially, the subpoena read as a fishing expedition. They mentioned a whole host of laws that supposedly were violated from the Espionage Act to the Presidential Records Act. It was clearly a grab bag subpoena designed for them to go be able to take a whole lot of stuff. We have this bizarre paradox in the left's thinking here that Donald Trump is somehow a criminal mastermind selling out the country to some foreign power, undoubtedly Russia in their mind. Uh, he's a criminal genius and also an idiot. It sounds to me like if Donald Trump was keeping all sorts of, of uh, classified documents he should not have kept at Mar-a-Lago, it's because the man uh, wasn't that bright uh, when it came to what he discerned he could and could not keep. And those around him seemed to think that if if he said you could take this stuff to Mar-a-Lago, he was de facto as president declassifying the information. There are legal arguments to be had. But what is notable is over the weekend, Sam Donaldson on CNN and other progressives essentially made the case that we got to get Donald Trump on something. It is this quest by the left to get Donald Trump on something that is going to fundamentally undermine people's faith in the rule of law. They have started with the outcome, Donald Trump must go to jail, and they are trying to put the pieces together to get him there. That's not the way justice is supposed to work. The left has become convinced, is convinced that Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. And so they are willing to become a threat to democracy themselves in order to stop him. They are treating themselves as chemotherapy to cancer, chemotherapy, a poison that will kill you. And they just assume that they can dose their sense of justice as a dose in order to get rid of Trump without also killing the patient, that is American democracy. They're not experts at this. The FBI did not need to go to Mar-a-Lago. How do we know the FBI did not need to go to Mar-a-Lago? Because these documents have been there for quite some time and they hadn't gone since or they hadn't gone previously. This really sounds to me and looks to me as if it was a pretextual 
effort to find something about January 6th. And I'm stunned by the number of people who have pushed back on me on this because originally they were the ones who insisted it was all about January 6th when I was saying, actually, according to the documents, it's not. It's about the Presidential Records Act. They're like, no, 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 no. This is all about January 6th. And then Merrick Garland comes out and and the the rumors start that actually it's about classified documents and the Presidential Records Act. And like, how dare you suggest it was a pretextual effort for a fishing expedition for January 6th? Don't you believe the government? No, the hell I don't believe the government. I've never believed the government. You should not believe the government. They are insistent, however, that this time we must believe Merrick Garland. And so now you have people like Sam Donaldson going on CNN saying we got to get that SOB somehow. If we can't get him on an insurrection, we might as well get him on the Espionage Act. If we can't get him on the Espionage Act, let's get him on the Presidential Records Act. If we can't get him on the Presidential Records Act, maybe we can get him on tax evasion. If we can't get him on tax evasion, maybe we can get him on something They have determined the outcome, jail for the former president. And now they're just trying to find a way to get him there. That's not justice. That is not justice. And yet for the left, that's what has become. The people who didn't think Hillary Clinton needed to go to prison. Now you can say, well, Donald Trump said lock her up and he's going to be the one locked up. I am on record and have been consistent. It would be bad if either of them went to prison. Now, here's why. And just follow along with me here because some of you will get your backups. No, no, no. She really needed to and he doesn't. What you have to understand is there there are as many people on the other side who think he should go to jail and not her as there are on the one side saying she could go to jail, not should go to jail, not him. For all of the bluster, what I have discovered in talking about these topics is that there are tens of millions of people who are convinced they know the facts better than you. And if you think you know the facts and you misstate as they understand it, you're wrong, not them, and they'll never be convinced otherwise. And so it doesn't matter what you think about Hillary Clinton, whether she should go to prison or not for the email server. There are people who are convinced with absolute certainty that she either was guilty or not guilty. The FBI did not pursue it. And the Trump administration, when they came to power and looked into it, they didn't pursue it either. But now after a series of stories that maybe Merrick Garland could be persuaded to go after Trump, you have this raid at Mar-a-Lago and you're not allowed to call it a raid, you know. They can't tell you what a woman is, but they can tell you that was not a raid. They can't tell you what a recession is, but they can tell you that was not a raid. They're very defensive about calling it a raid. They're very defensive about calling it a fishing expedition. But the fact of the matter is it was a raid of Mar-a-Lago engaged in a fishing expedition to find anything they could to throw the man in jail. It will not end well for this republic if you put that man in prison. And there will be people saying, but justice demands it. Justice demands it. Same thing as there were people on the right about Hillary Clinton saying, justice demands it. Justice demands it. Here's a dirty little secret. Not everyone 
is convicted of crimes or prosecuted. The elite in this country do not always follow the same laws you and I do, and they get away with it. Is there a double standard? You're damn right there's a double standard. And there always has been a double standard. I, all, all the people that, I can't believe that if you're Hunter Biden or Hillary Clinton, you get away with stuff. No, there are a lot of Republicans who get away with stuff as well. You just don't see it in your media. The elite in this country, they can get away with stuff normal people can't. They can. And when you're the leader of a political party, like the Republican or the Democratic Party, you're darn right they can get away with stuff. Because it's better to turn a blind eye to them than to have the country go to war against itself. You may not like that. Your sense of justice may demand absolutely Donald Trump must go to prison. He violated some crime. He must go to prison. Are you willing to risk war, violence in the streets, tearing the country apart, all to get Donald Trump in prison? Well, the right's violent already. Oh, you think they are. You've seen nothing yet. Hunter Biden is being investigated by the Justice Department. Slow and plotting investigation. Maybe his dad will pardon him. But Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, they're the presidential candidates. If you can't understand why prudence sometimes dictates you don't throw the book at them in the way you might someone else, you're probably a very naive person who doesn't quite understand the way the world works and probably buys into some conspiracy theories along the way as well. The fact of the matter is, just because you've never noticed it before doesn't mean this sort of stuff hasn't happened in the past. The fact that you've never noticed it before doesn't mean the elite haven't been doing this for a very long time. You just notice it now because it's what we talk about. The media used to not talk about this sort of stuff. But the bottom line is that at one hand, you really can't afford for this nation to exercise justice for the sake of justice in all cases where sometimes it undermines justice itself to do it. And in this case, you have the Democrats so hell-bent on throwing Donald Trump in prison, the best thing is for them to just let it go. You may think Donald Trump broke the law, but you need to let it go. You may think Donald Trump should go to prison, but you need to let it go. You may think Donald Trump orchestrated the January 6th riot and incursion into Capitol Hill, but you need to let it go. And the fact that you can't is actually why this country will be destabilized, not because of what he did, but the fact that you can't let it go. You've obsessed about it so much. You've determined he must go to prison and now will use the entire power of government to try to make it happen. And that will fundamentally erode the trust of people in the government itself into the institutions of justice. And when you decide justice be done and the whole world burns down around you, don't look at anybody else. Just look in the mirror because you're the one who will have struck the match. Now, I spent way more time on that than I wanted. I guess we'll get to Kamala Harris when we come back because right now I got to tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. 
It is an air purifier. It eliminates bad odors. It doesn't mask them. It's not an essential oil. It doesn't cover up the odor. It wipes them out, and you can get three of them for less than $200. You're saving $200 in the process, and you get free shipping. You go to EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com, and you put in the discount code ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. You'll get three of these things. Uh, They take out the dust, and they take out the pollen, and they take out the mildew, and they take out the mold, but they also take out the odors, and I keep one with me when I travel in case my rental car stinks or my hotel room stinks because they work wiping out odors edenpuredeals.com the discount code is eric3 e-r-i-c-k-3 you'll see the discount code box on the front page of that website at edenpuredeals.com put in eric3 get three of these for less than two hundred dollars you save in two hundred dollars and you get free shipping welcome back it is eric erickson here so we got to talk about kamala now don't we uh, poor old Kamala Harris. <laughs> All right. What a, I, 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 I hate to just say nice things about Charlie too much, but one of the greatest things he ever did, and it just captures the essence of Kamala Harris, is this. And now, Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. have to keep in mind that Kamala Harris ran such a terrible presidential campaign. She never even made it to Iowa. I mean, she, she dropped out before Iowa. One of the criticisms is that her campaign was too focused on what people on social media say. She's not a good candidate and she's not a very good vice president, but she's had this thing online. They call themselves the K-Hive. The K-Hive are the Kamala Harris hardcore fans on social media who go after anyone who dares to criticize her. The Daily Beast, of all places, actually has a story. Uh, The K-Hive retreats as Kamala Harris's popularity vanishes. Just listen to this. Her approval numbers are lower than President Biden's, as well as every one of her predecessors at this point in office. She's become less visible. Last year, they hired some child actors to engage in a Q&A with the vice president in order to make her sound engaged and relatable. She didn't really come across that way. And she continues to go out and have these liners where she just says things that are a little bit off, like this one from yesterday. So when we talk about equality, well, that's a good goal. But let us not presume that because everyone should be treated equal, that they start out on equal footing. So equity as a concept says, recognize that everyone has the same capacity, but in order for them to have equal opportunity to reach that capacity, what we must pay attention to this issue of equity if we are to expect and allow people to compete on equal footing. 
So equity says that not everyone has equal access, and so we must focus on equity. That's what equity says. That's circular nonsense. She has become famous or infamous, if you will, within the White House for not reading briefing papers, not getting up to speed, and then blaming her staff when she messes up. She gives these incipient speeches that are just stupid uh, with these stupid lines that we very easily can turn around and repackage as her deep thoughts because they're not deep thoughts. They're just absurd. And even the online horde has started to notice that perhaps they were making an idol of an idiot. They've gone quiet, her K-Hive. They don't want to defend her anymore. She is actually less popular in America than Donald Trump. Forget Joe Biden. Kamala Harris is less popular than Donald Trump and way less popular than Mike Pence. That's right. Kamala Harris keeps Joe Biden in office because even Democrats don't really want to put her in charge. She is a preventative from the 25th Amendment ever being deployed because no Democrat wants to suffer through a Harris regime. I cannot help but willfully and intentionally remind you that Kamala Harris never made it to Iowa. Her campaign was run so poorly, and she herself was such a terrible candidate, and yet they made this woman the vice presidential pick as a diversity play, not because of her substance or her gravitas or anything else. She was completely a diversity pick, and they could have picked someone with, just as much diversity as Kamala Harris, who actually had the brains and competence to get the job done, and they chose otherwise for the 25th Amendment.